All right, guys, welcome back to the Mob Squad Pod. This is episode 25. Uh, this week, you get me and you get Manny. What's up, dude? What's up, my man? How you doing? Uh, Good. I, I guess I could say I've been better from a, a fan perspective, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing, too, between Rams and Eagles, right? Oof, my, I mean, you know what? Um, seeing that Rams performance on Sunday, I was hoping better from the Eagles on Monday night against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but... Uh, it got me even, you know, less, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, like I ended the night feeling very, uh, not down, but just very disappointing with the Rams and just thinking how crappy and pitiful the Eagles looked. Um, but, you know, again, uh, the Eagles have lost, what, three straight games to the Seahawks, so that's getting very annoying. And it seems like the Niners had the Rams number as well, so that's also very annoying. Yeah. So, Obviously, the first thing we're going to start with is a little discussion on Jared Goff because that's what's hot in the streets right now, and it's all over Twitter. Uh, pretty much any football show you watch, if they bring up the Rams, they talk about Jared Goff. Um, so we're going to start off with that. And Manny, I'll let you have your say, mm-hmm. and you can say whatever you want to do. I'm just going to... You know, you know, let me spread my wings here a little bit. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to say a little bit about golf. I'm going to let it all out because I've got my opinions. I've got my takes and I've been seeing everyone else's on Twitter and it's really getting annoying and it's really getting old in my opinion. So first, let me just start off by saying Jared Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback. Okay. We made it to a Super Bowl just two years ago. And I think people forget that. I don't know why. I don't know how, but I think people forget Jared Goff took this team to a Super Bowl. He threw for 4,600 yards. He had 32 touchdown passes, and he only had 12 interceptions. Okay? People seem to forget that, and they seem to all of a sudden just think that Jared Goff is a really crappy quarterback. And apparently, in the world of sports, you're not allowed to have a bad year. I don't know why that's the case, and I know I'm asking a lot for sports fans in general to be rational. But people are allowed to struggle and people are allowed to have bad years. That stuff happens. That's real life. That's just sports in general. Okay. So last time I checked the rule book, the other 52 guys on the team were allowed to help. I know everyone seems to think that Jared Goff is the sole reason why we lost against the 49ers. But I'm going to tell you that's not really the case. Of the three or on the three of the Rams' four turnovers, the 49ers didn't even score any points. So three times we turned over the ball, the 49ers didn't even score any points off those. The opportunities for L.A. to win this game were there. And the real issue was the Rams' overall inability to do anything on the other 10 possessions that they had. Okay, so excluding the kneel down before halftime, this is how the drives went that didn't end in turnovers. Six plays, 41 yards, field goal. Three plays, seven yards, punt. Six plays, eight yards, punt. Three plays, eight yards, punt. Three plays, eight yards, punt. Three plays, eight yards, punt. Seven plays, 53 yards, field goal. Three plays, 68 yards, touchdown. Five plays, 15 yards, punt. Five plays, 19 yards, punt the Rams punted seven times okay so this whole argument that Jared Goff lost that game I'm not hearing it 
I'm not saying he didn't have a bad game. I get it. He had a horrible game. But was he the sole reason we lost that game? No, 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 no. I'm not buying that. And that's completely unfair, in my opinion, to put that loss solely on him. I, 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 I just don't buy that. Okay? So another argument that I've been seeing from people is we took the wrong quarterback. Jared Goff shouldn't have been the guy. Okay, well... Let, have you, let's look. Have let's, these people watched, Have these people even seen Carson Wentz? I'm so sorry to cut you off, but geez, yeah, I, yeah. So, so let's let's go there. Let's and go there. And it pains me to say that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So let's go there. So let's look at the quarterbacks that were taken after Goff in the 2016 draft. Carson Wentz. This is in order, by the way. Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Christian oh. Hackenberg, oh. J- Jacoby Brissett. Jesus. Cody Kessler, Connor Cook, Dak Prescott, which okay, we could all okay. agree, Dak Prescott, great find, great steal in the draft. He's a great quarterback. And to me, he's better than Wentz. Now it's been proven. <laughs> Cardell Jones, Kevin Hogan, Nate Sudfeld, someone named Jake Rudock, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and someone named Brandon Doherty. Dougherty. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Those were the quarterbacks taken in that draft. So if you honestly can sit back and tell me that we took the wrong guy, you're wrong. You're full of it. You're lying to yourself, and it's short-sighted, in my opinion. The guy in this draft who by far is the best quarterback is Dak Prescott. I'll give you that. Correct. But out of everybody else on that list, I'm still taking Goff right now. I'm still taking Goff. I, I don't have any reservations about that whatsoever. Now, the other argument that I've been seeing, and this is the one that probably pisses me off more than anything else that I've seen, is we need to go to our backup quarterback. John Wolford should be the starter. (laughs) Get the F out of here with that. That is the stupidest take I've ever heard. I hate it when people think that the solution to every football team's problems is switching to the backup quarterback. Like they're going to come in and be some savior. And we have someone like Aaron Rodgers on the bench, just sitting there waiting to come in and blossom into this superstar. I'm not going to say his name because I'm not going to give him any sort of credit or pub or anything. There's a guy on Twitter, several thousand followers who has a position covering football. And he actually said several times on Twitter that John Wolford was a better quarterback than Jared Goff and you can get the hell out of here with that dude and honestly you should be ashamed of yourself as a fan to even say that I think it's completely disrespectful and I think it's just borderline stupid may I ask Nick who was the um analyst that said that I'm not gonna say his name I'll tell you when we get offline but I'm not saying his name on this podcast because I'm not giving him any sort of credit I'm not giving him any pub none of that now you're gonna make me go and search for this (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell I don't worry. I'll tell you when we're done. But if you find it good for you, uh, he's not worth following. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so let's let's just dive into that just a little bit. Let's talk about John Wolford. OK, he went undrafted in the 2018 draft. So clearly super talented guy. He got signed by the Jets. And then in the preseason finale against the Eagles, he completed eight passes on 20 attempts for 89 yards and an interception. And he was cut. So if you're not good enough to play quarterback for the Jets, I feel like that's kind of a deal breaker right there. But I'll continue just a little bit more. He then played in the AAF, 
put up some pretty decent numbers in the AAF, but guess what? The AAF was a nothing league. They're not even around anymore, okay? Then he got signed by the Rams, and he actually got waived during final roster cuts in August of 2019. So I don't clearly they're telling you right there that he wasn't that good to keep to begin with, but then he comes back. Okay, so now he's on the team and he's there. What what am I missing? What you tell me, what is John Walford good at? You know why you can't tell me what he's good at? Because no one knows. Maybe he's not good at anything because he's never freaking done anything. <laughs> he was a four he was a four-year starter at Wake Forest. Okay? It's not like he was this great quarterback and he was highly touted and he's got these special gifts like arm strength and all what what does he bring to this team what is he going to bring in that you think Jared Goff can't do I'll grant that you that he's probably more mobile because Jared Goff is kind of a statue in the pocket he doesn't really move but other than that you you can't sit there and, and make an intelligent argument other than well we should at least give it a try if that's your argument when we're seven and four and in the playoffs right now and look like a really good team. I think that's just stupid. I'm sorry. I just think it's stupid. The other thing that I just want to point out here, even if Jared Goff was as bad as some people are saying he is, let's look at some past Super Bowl winning teams that had really bad quarterback play. And the first two that come to mind, the first one, obviously that everyone goes to, and you might even remember this, Manny, the 2000 Ravens. Their oh, quarterback, Trent yeah, Trent Dilfer, <laughs> old, 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 what was his thing? Oh, dropping dimes or whatever. Yeah, old Dilfer's dimes. Yeah, okay, well, let's drop, let's drop some dimes. Dime. Okay, let's talk about that defense, though. <laughs> so, so, Trent Dilfer had a fifty-nine percent completion percentage. He threw for fifteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, and eleven interceptions. Okay, now I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Hey, that's 2000. We're in a brand new league, baby. This is a whole new style of football. Okay. Peyton Manning in 2015. His Broncos won the Super Bowl. You know what his numbers were? 59% completion percentage, 2,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Let's talk about that defense, though. Exactly. So, <laughs> so let's not pretend like Jared Goff is some horrible quarterback that can't take this team to a Super Bowl. We've already established this defense is phenomenal and can do very special things, okay? Jared Goff can easily take this team to a Super Bowl, all right? Is he Aaron Rodgers? Is he Patrick Mahomes? Is he Deshaun Watson? Is he Russell Wilson? No, and that's okay. Not every number one overall pick is going to be a superstar and a surefire Hall of Famer, okay? That's not the way this works. Is he overpaid? Yes, but guess what? That's a front office issue. Don't hate the player for getting paid. That's a front office issue. You take that up with those guys. Jared Goff got paid. That's not his fault. He's a good quarterback, and if you can't see that, in my opinion, you're either being willfully ignorant or you're just stupid. So that's my say on that, and it was very long-winded, and I took a lot of time, but I had to get that off my chest because I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter and on TV that's just irritating the hell out of me, and I I just had to get that off my chest. So, Manny, floor is yours. You can say whatever you want. You can call me dumb. You can say whatever you want. (laughs) My friend, listen, we've almost been doing this for over a year, right? And I think that 
what you just, you know, just said with audio is just absolutely great. It shows the passion. It shows, it shows the knowledge, right? That we all can just sit here and analyze this and listen, fans will be fans. I understand a loss sometimes makes, you know, us fans go over the edge a little bit, but it's, it's now gone from going from over the edge to the, now you've actually jumped. You've made it. You've actually made that leap. Um, I do agree with you, though. I don't blame golf solely on this loss. I don't blame the defense at all, except probably the last final drive um, where they couldn't tackle Debo at all. I mean, if you was to tell me no Kittle, no Jimmy, um, nobody else besides Debo that can probably um, hurt the Rams on defense, I would have said, hey, listen, just, you know, find a way to double team him wherever he is on the field, shift one more guy to him and just create, you know, create the plays on defense like you've been doing and, you know, make the tackle. But as we've said in the last couple of weeks when it comes to this defense, it's a championship-winning defense without question. I mean, you have agreed on this. But it's those, those those little plays, those crucial third downs of not getting off the field that makes you elite. Those missed tackles beyond – I'm sorry, before the before the first down scrimmages, you have three guys around Debo, you can't bring them down. And in the final drive as well, you're, you are letting guys wide open because, once again, your miscommunication – is just crap towards the end of the game in a crucial game, by the way, because the Rams haven't been in this position in quite some time, right? But, of course, we look at last week's game. So they were, but you had, you know, a well-thought-out game plan. But once again, you're playing the 49ers in which they only had Debo. Let's be honest here. It was Debo Samuel. He was rushing in. He was catching in. He was running with the football, catching with the football. That's all you have to be worried about. And you couldn't stop them in the final drive to give yourself, at least the offense, an opportunity to go back out there. But now, let's go to golf. An immediate fan reaction, right? When you look at the stats, 19, what is it, 19 out of 31, correct? 19 out of 31 for 198 yards and two interceptions. Oh, well, golf lost us the game and whatever the case was. In a sense, when you look at it that way, I'm pretty sure that's the reaction that you would get, right? But then you got to look at the details of it, okay? You have a Rams offense towards the end of the half where we all know this. If you're a quarterback that escapes the pocket and is running with the football, get down. Get your butt down. Give your offense an opportunity to put points on the board. But you fumble the football. Okay. I don't know the halftime speech. All I know that it's been an abysmal first half that you only scored three points. And the Rams offense that we've seen, Nick, that could, you know, not, you know, that the run gets stopped, but they could pass. The passing goes, you know, somewhere that's not positive, but then they could run the football to create it. So halftime comes out. What ends up happening? Goff feels the pressure. And, you know, you can kind of say that no boom got exposed a little bit. And that whole left side that Andrew Whitworth has been the solid man for years and years to come. I feel like in certain plays on in the, certain plays in this game, especially on third down, because the Rams were just pathetic on third down. Four for 13. I'm sorry. You're not going to win many football games when you're four for 13 on third down. But that interception or that fumble, whatever, I, I it's, it's you know, that, I guess, what was it? A scoop and score, right? He got hit or was it a pick or whatnot? And, and they have uh. scored. I believe the play after halftime was a pick six. I okay, think it was so Juwan Kinlaw. So the pick six, but once again, we've seen it, right, where golf feels the pressure and he just throws the football. 
It's like, just take the sack. You don't need to give the other team opportunities. And I see this game as a golf slash McVay loss. That's the way that I see it. I don't think Sean McVay helped golf. But what have we been talking talking about the last couple of weeks, Nick? Maybe Sean McVay doesn't trust golf. But that doesn't mean you go to the backup quarterback because me, you, and even the dog across the street knows that Jared Goff gives the best opportunity of this team winning a Super Bowl. Why? Because they have a caliber defense that could come up at any point and create plays and get you the football back. It just felt like, once again, the game plan was flawed. The game plan was not... Um, was not ran the way that I, I would think they wanted it because, no offense, it felt like it was deja vu all over again. It felt like we were back again in Santa Clara on Sunday night football watching this offense, right? It just felt like it was the same thing. Yes, you ran for over 100 yards. That's great. But, again, on third down, you're 4 for 13. And, you know, that's the way that I see it. And you hold Woods to under 100 yards or you hold Cup to under, over, um, under 100 yards. And you bring up that Super Bowl season, correct? What's the difference then of that offense and this offense? And I think we miss Todd Gurley, man. I think we miss Cooks. Those two guys, to me, in this offense today, let's think about the positives, right, so far, okay? Not saying that Cam Akers could not be it, but Todd Gurley would have scored on that breakaway run. And Cooks would have at least at least made the the Niners secondary at least stop going man to man because they kind of knew I'm sorry the the, back, the, the background noise because my French is going all over the place now. You're good. Um it was quite simple, right? For the Niners defense. Play man to man, you know, cup and woods, they're not gonna beat us deep because we're playing cover two, and that was it. You had nobody else that could spread the field at all. So that's what I took out of it. Um, but again, I don't blame it on golf solely. To me, it wasn't, it, it was a collection of, of, of golf and McVeigh. But at some point McVeigh has to lit the fire under golf and golf has to be able to tell the same thing to his coach. And they have to come to an agreement on how to create much better production when they face teams like, you know, the division teams. And obviously, you know, going forward, because now the teams know, um, you know, how to beat the Rams. And that's create the pressure, make Goff just throw those bad throws when he's feeling it. And that's basically it, because they know that the defense is going to come up, you know, for them here and there. But overall, the Rams losses, let's be honest, has been because either the offense starts too late or the offense, the whole game just can't get it together. And that's what I saw. I don't know what you what your takes are on that. Well, one point I'll touch on that you made was what would this offense look like if we still had Todd Gurley and if we still had Brandon Cooks? And obviously that season by Todd Gurley was like MVP level. And that was he was very he was a special talent. And I think if you obviously having a star level running back like Todd Gurley in his prime right now would be huge. We're still doing the running back by committee thing. And initially that was looking really good, but the past couple of weeks, it, the shine has kind of come off a little bit. It kind of looks like Cam Akers is more so the guy than anybody else right now, because it looks like he's the guy that can actually pop a big run. So we'll see what they do with the committee approach. Um, 
obviously having a guy like Brandon Cooks, and we said this in the offseason, that's your downfield guy. That's your stretch play guy. That's the guy that can kind of open up the field for you and take some shots. And we don't really have a guy like that. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup obviously are phenomenal wide receivers, but running a nine route down the middle of the field and, and spreading you out, that's not really their strength. So I think we had already established in the offseason that the explosive plays might not be there this year. And from what I can recall, I can't think of any real big explosive plays other than we get the occasional screen that might go for a few. We might get a play action pass that goes for like 20 yards, 30 yards or something like that. But the threat of a deep field bomb or something like that, that's not really there. So that could be holding this offense back a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like most of our offensive drives are a couple of runs here and there, a couple of screens here and there, and then some quick passes. It's nothing that's like, Correct. hey, we're going to take a shot here. Correct. Uh, you always so, have to move methodically down the field, converting third downs, getting a good eight to nine to ten play drive. And that's where I was getting to. If you had a deep threat, you can at least keep the defensive honest of making sure that they don't always have to play man-to-man because that's the way that I've seen the Niners defend us the last two games has been exactly that. Yeah, if you come into the game and you focus on taking away the really short, quick routes like the crossers and the slants, if you take those away and you also you know, stop the running game, it kind of neuters the Rams' offense to an extent. And... I think I think the team's going to be okay. I, I'm not really concerned. I think this is more of a Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala problem because this is our fourth straight loss to the 49ers, and they have our number. It's just that mm-hmm. that's it. That's the facts, brother. Like, yeah. they have our number. And don't overlook the fact that Kyle Shanahan, his offense is very, very similar to Sean McVay's. And so... When, he's, when they're game planning for the Rams, Kyle Shanahan knows all the tricks. He knows exactly what Sean is trying to do. So he can work with Sala and come up with a defensive scheme to thwart everything the Rams want to do because their offensive philosophy and strategy is very, very similar. So they know exactly what to do. They have the personnel to do it, and they just expose us the past four games. That just is what it is. I have a feeling the next couple games when we get away from the 49ers, which thankfully we don't have to play the rest of this year, it's going to be very different because the 49ers just have our number right now. That's just is what it is. So obviously we all thought the 40, the Rams were going to win. They probably should have won because the 49ers didn't have their starting quarterback. They didn't have George Kittle, but Sometimes football isn't that simple. If, if the game was played on paper, which is what they say about every sport, if the game was played on paper, the Yankees would win the World Series every year. And they don't, okay? So <laughs> I know that hurts you on another level. but I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out why us, because we haven't won one in over 10 years, but thanks. I appreciate it. Well, that. you guys always have you know the, one of the biggest uh, um, uh, budgets. Yeah, and you guys always have some of the best players. We try to pay everybody $700 million contracts. Yeah, it's like, you know, (laughs) we'd love to all be right every time we predict a game, but sometimes the other team that just has the less superior players and and smaller budget. I'll tell you one thing, though, Nick. I'm just glad the Rams don't play the the, uh, Niners anymore for the rest of the season, man, because if I have to sit through one or more of these these post-game reviews with the same – 
you know, basically the same outcomes the last four times, man. It's 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 getting quite frustrating. Yeah, it's it's especially with football, um, maybe more so than any other sport. It's it's a lot of it is schematic and and do you put your people in a position to succeed? Do you have the right people? The 49ers do. They have the Rams number right now. Haven't solved that problem yet. Hopefully next year's a different a, a different uh, story and we can, you know, get rid of this whole losing streak that we're on against them, but we'll move on. A couple notes just from that game. There were some good performances for the Rams. It looks like we've solved the kicker problem. Don't want to be too reactionary, but Matt Gaze had a couple of really good games. He hit another 48-yarder and a 41-yarder, so if we could fix that problem, that would be huge. Cam Akers, like we said, he had 84 yards on nine carries and a touchdown, so we might start seeing him creep up into the rotation more after weeks and weeks of us being like, where the hell's Cam Akers? Uh, and then obviously Aaron Donald showed up. He had five tackles, a sack, four quarterback hits, one pass breakup, and a forced fumble. So there were some silver linings in there. And again, as bad as that was, as bad as that was, we only lost the game by three points. So let's not pretend like the sky's falling and we suck. That's not the case. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the Cardinals real quick. Uh, somehow we made it to week 13 and we haven't played the Cardinals yet, which is kind of weird. But that changes this Sunday. So we're going to be in State Farm Stadium, which is also now the 49ers home for the next couple of weeks because of That's COVID restrictions. That's going to be so weird. Yeah. That's going to be so weird. So what's going to happen? Like, is the, uh, is the uh, turf group from Arizona have to now paint Niner colors and their logos and stuff on the field? when they're? I would, ass- I would assume they're going to if they're considered home games, oh, but man, who knows? That would be a violation. Man. Maybe th- they might just do that you thing where they – You couldn't pay me to put that awful Seahawks logo on the Rams or stadium. Hell no. They might just do that thing where they put the NFL shield at midfield and just put NFL logos. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but – both these teams, uh, there's a kind of like a saying that some people say in sports, a, a hungry dog runs faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both these teams are coming off losses. And both of these losses were to opponents that you would have thought the other team would have won. So the Rams lost to the 49ers. The Cardinals lost to the Patriots. So both these teams are coming off losses. So you know they're going to want to rebound. And... So far, the recent history since Sean McVay has been hired, the Cardinals have not been a problem for this team at all. It's been totally one-sided. The Rams are 6-0 and against Arizona since McVay got hired, and the like point differential is not even close. The Rams have scored at least 31 points in all six of these games, and they've outscored the Cardinals 195-56. to So that's an average margin of victory of 23 points. So... This has not been a problem for the Rams at all. Now, caveat that with the Cardinals now have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So that's going to be the new wrinkle, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I personally feel like our defense is good enough to stop this team. I don't know what the solution to Kyler running is going to be, though, especially if Micah Kaiser's out, because while he hasn't been phenomenal, he's been decent, and the backups for him since he's been out have been pretty bad. So solving the Kyler Murray problem and how mobile he can be, that might be a problem. Um, It's kind of a clash of styles because the Rams have been carried by their defense and they've allowed the second fewest yards in the NFL and the fourth fewest points. Uh, 
the Arizona offense, on the other hand, has been really, really good. Um, so we'll see what kind of breaks here. I don't know where you're leaning on this one, but I feel like, and again, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record based on what I said last week, but I feel like the Rams are going to be really motivated, and I feel like they're going to come into this game wanting to prove that they are the better team. They are one of the elite teams in the NFC especially, and I feel like they're going to put their best foot forward, and I feel like they're going to win this game. No, you know what? I I agree with you here. I mean, this is why you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey that could go out there and shut down the best team's wide receiver, which we all know that's Hopkins, right? So then your next worrisome would just be the legs of Kyle Murray now. Um, We've seen how the Rams have been able to control that last year, per se. So that also right there, you know, there's some proof there that you can do it, right? Um, But obviously without Kaiser and then, of course, the, the backup behind him ain't, ain't as good and your only draft pick at that position is no longer on the team, that might be a little bit of an issue. Um, It's, it's just – it's going to come down to – uh, Leonard Floyd and um, Aaron Donald and company and how much they control the line of scrimmage, especially when, you know, because to me, the Cardinals is all about, you know, making sure that they have you spread out, right? Um, and then they want to get Murray out in space. They want to make sure that, you know, he rolls out and that he creates those one-on-one matchups. Um, I think this is where a guy like D. Will, um, with the way he's playing football right now, by the way, he should have had it. I think two or three picks his last game as well. I think we're always talking about that, right? How he's just emerging. He's always, um, he's put himself in the great position week in and week out to make plays. I feel like with a guy like D. Will, if he's able to stop a Kirk um, or, or, or stop the other wide receiver in the slot, I think it's um, Isabel or whatever his other name. <laughs> Isabella, yeah, Andy Isabella. Yeah, because those guys off the slot, obviously, um, most teams have, you know, they don't like to go to their dime defense so early, but that's what the Cardinals make you do, right? When they're trying to spread you out, um, they make you have that extra quarterback. And I think that's where D. Will, you know, he's going to come in handy here where him and Jalen, um, they're going to have to play their great one-on-one coverages whenever they're getting called for one-on-one, except for obviously Ramsey, right? Um, and I think this is where, you know, Josh Johnson and whoever else plays safety with them, they need to make sure there's proper communication um, with all these 10 to 15 crossing routes and these rollouts that Kyle Murray likes to do, um, you know, in a game like this, I wish we had like a James Laurinaitis, you know, who could just spy him the whole time and making sure that, you know what, listen, five to 10 yards is better than giving up a 25 yarder. Right. Um, it's just one of those things that I feel like the D the D line is going to have to come up big. I'm not going to talk so much on the Rams offense. They know what they have to do. Um, listen, uh, no, I guess I'm trying to remember. Uh, the, the Cardinals don't have Chandler Jones anymore. He hasn't played basically the whole season. There's no other person on that defense besides Patrick Peterson that scares me, right? Uh, again, Patrick Peterson, he's not the speediest guy in, in the world, but he'll, he'll, he'll jam you at the line of scrimmage. And this is where I think Robert Woods and Cub will use their initial speed, not the speed after running 10 yards, but their quickness of being able to, you know, shed the the whole jams, right, at the line of scrimmage and making and making those plays um, for golf and you know this offensive line let's get a running game going let's 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 start off by running the football in in a way that we've seen that they haven't right at the beginning of games it's always been you know let's throw it four times and let's get you know a four yard run for a first down and then all of a sudden here come the gimmicks of the screen passes and because we 
you know, we kind of talked about it. They don't have a deep threat. They're not they're not going to go play action and wait for Cup to run 20 yards down the field and then throw a bomb. Because we've seen when Goff has thrown the bomb to to Cup, it's either underthrown or it's, or it's overthrown, right? So it's just those things that I, I feel like let's get a running game going. Let's get that confidence once again that, you know, to show the NFL that you can still run the football even with Goff not playing to his best or not – or, you know, not feeling like McVeigh is, is letting him out to dry. Now, I did see the comments where McVeigh did, you know, he didn't, you know, call out golf by name, but he said, you know, that his quarterback needs to play better, right? And I do agree. I feel like in certain plays, golf just has these negative plays that it kills drives, right? It just, it you know, you expect more out of him. And I want Jared Goff to come into this game with such confidence that, listen, if the play is there and if your feet are set, let it loose. But if you're about to get hit, there's nothing wrong with you taking a sack or throwing the football away. Give yourself another opportunity at the next play because, you know, Nick, listen, say what you want to say about Goff, my man. He has over 10 turnovers in the last four games. And I'm going to steal a quote from our best guest and Jordan Rodriguez that she said on her 11th personal Rams podcast in the athletic, when you have 10 turnovers in four games, that's bad. <laughs> that's that's oh, yeah. absolutely it's horrific. Bad. You're not yeah. going to win many games doing that. So that's yeah. my thing. What's a quarterback's best friend? A great running game. And don't tell me that you can't run the football because of not having Andrew Whitworth. I'm not going to buy that. Get out there in a two tight end set and just, you know, start running some power, but utilize what Brown and Akers do well. Go back into the film and look at what Akers does so well when it becomes, you know, listen, if you give Cam Akers space, listen, he's shifty enough to get through the hole, okay? We don't need to run the football when it's third and 15. We need to start from, start start it from the get-go. And that's how I feel how this game should go from the beginning from the Rams' offensive perspective. That's how I feel. At the end of the day, I feel like the Rams are, are going to win, but I guess I, I'm going to nitpick. I want them to win by running the football. That's how. That's what I'm going to say. Are they going to do it? Probably not because we've seen how Sean Bay is, right? So that's my Yeah, pick. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I saw the quote that you were talking about um, where Sean McVay called out Jared Goff, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goff's response to that said he was absolutely right to do so. And he said, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I have to take better care of the ball, and I will. So McVeigh was right to call him out. Goff handled it just like he was supposed to. No issues or problems there. For what it's worth, Goff is, has generally played really well against the Cardinals. He's 6-1 and one with 10 touchdown passes, 3 interceptions. He's completed 69% of his passes, and he's thrown for over 1,800 yards. So... He plays really well against the Cardinals. So if there was ever a time to have a bounce back game, you know, this might be it. Uh, the betting lines for this one, Rams are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 47 and a half. I feel like, again, those are good bets to take. I feel like Rams two minus two and a half is good. I feel like the over under, I feel like the over probably going to hit. Both these offenses are pretty good, at least as far as scoring points. So we'll see. Um, Thanks again, as always, for listening, guys. We do appreciate the support. Uh, Hopefully, next week when we talk to you, we're talking about a nice Rams W, and everything will be right in the world. 
And listen, uh, to be eight and four, hopefully after the Rams win on Sunday, is not a terrible and bad thing. It should be something that you know Rams fans should see that there's there's progress on one side of the ball, and where we didn't think needed to be fixed on the other side, there's certain things that that can be fixed. But let's stop this whole you know backup quarterback needs to play type of talk, man. Me, you, and everybody knows that Jared Goff. If the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be on the arm of Jared Goff. And, and, and I'm sure golf knows this. So, um, you know, listen, unlike in Philadelphia, where it just seems like we got the week, Carson Wentz's issues are not getting fixed. I have total confidence in this coaching staff that it will get fixed, unlike in Doug Peterson's realm. All right. So that's, that's all I got to say. Yeah. I don't know. Some people think that the sky's falling and we're, you know, seven and four. And I think we're sitting at the five seed, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Correct. So, and you still have an opportunity to win the division. Yeah. Right. And, so uh, thing. you know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Look at where the Baltimore Ravens are right now. Oh. Think about the season they had last year and what they thought they were going to do this year. Look mm. at the 49ers. The 49ers made the Super Bowl last year. They're not even going to make the playoffs this year. So well, it could be a hell of a Houston. lot worse. <laughs> I look yeah. at Houston for sure. It could be a lot worse, guys. A lot worse. So we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks again. Hopefully, like we said, next week we're coming back. It's positive vibes only. And we're talking about Rams. Rams.